But then around the middle of October, I had told my mom, I came out of the shower one day and I collapsed in her arms and I said, I think I need some more help than just going and talking to someone. The Your Life Sucks podcast, destigmatizing mental health through discussion. Hi all, welcome back to the podcast, and today we're here with Morgan Urso. Morgan is a mental health advocate from Illinois. How are you today, Morgan? I'm okay. Good. Morgan has a very interesting story, and we're going to start in high school, I think, right? With the start of your depression. Yes. I was in eighth grade, and I hated school. Um, I didn't like people, really. Um, Socializing Mm -hmm. and just doing all the schoolwork was a lot for me, and I just kept telling myself, just get through middle school. It'll be amazing when you get to high school and when you're on um, the new hockey team, just get through middle school. Mm -hmm. And I ended up going to high school and it wasn't everything I imagined. I didn't have a lot of friends there. I went to a different high school than my brother and sister did. And there was about a half an hour away. So just, I didn't feel very comfortable there. And that's when my depression started um, about in October. So tell us, you know, what you were feeling and thinking in that time. Um, I was just sad. I couldn't mm-hmm. get out of bed. Um, it was really hard to do the simplest tasks like brushing my teeth, eating. So in about October, I stopped going to school. I couldn't get out of bed. Nothing was really helping me. How did your parents deal with it? I, well, I was physically sick too, so they were okay that I was staying home. Mm-hmm. But then around the middle of October, after I had started my first um, therapy and going to therapy with my first counselor, mm-hmm. I had told my mom, I came out of the shower one day and I collapsed in her arms and I said, I think I need some more help than just going and talking to someone. What did she say? She said, okay, like, let's get you some clothes on. Let's you know, let's talk more about this. So I went to Options Outpatient and it was a nine to three program that replaced going to school. Mm -hmm. And from there, I saw my psychiatrist once a week. And that's Mm -hmm. when I started being introduced to different types of medications and what can help me So did you go to school in that time? Yeah, there was an hour session for school. It was got sent in your schoolwork. Obviously, it wasn't the same, and I wasn't right, 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 work, right. so I took that time to color and, you know, um, take a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, were there other kids at the outpatient center? Yeah, there were about eight other kids um, coming and going, of course, and some of them went back to school for half of the day. Some of them stayed, but we went mm-hmm. to group therapy every single day, so that was kind of your time to talk through everything that was going on. And Mm. what was happening with you and listening to other people and giving them back feedback. I was on three different medications um, through my whole experience with depression. Mm -hmm. And I think, as you know, medication isn't an easy fix. Mm -hmm. So it took about four to eight weeks for me to get used to one dose and then finding out that that wasn't the right dose and that it still wasn't helping me. And having a side effect of some of these medications being suicidal thoughts Uh, Mm. just it didn't really work for me yeah but we finally found out that 60 milligrams of Cymbalta is the correct dosage for me and now I do therapy once a week I'm eating better 
I journal. Um, what else? Love journaling. Thinking putty. Do you know, like, just have something. Yeah. Hands. Yeah, yeah, sure. Something just physical to do. Yeah, that helps me a lot. How are your parents throughout this therapy? My parents were amazing. And I have mm-hmm. siblings, too. So everyone was really supportive. Uh, mm-hmm. Depression, anxiety was really new to us. I mean, we knew that it was a thing, but no one in our family had personally struggled with it. So mm-hmm. it was a lot of learning steps for us. And we kind of learned how to deal with it and what was some positive, helpful helpful things to say. So it was definitely a journey for everyone, not just for me. Mm-hmm. And how were your friends throughout this? Were they encouraging? Yeah. So I had two friends from middle school and mm-hmm. their family was awesome too. The mom had told them that like, I might be a little bit distant, but just to keep asking me to hang out and just to keep supporting me. So just knowing that I had people that still loved me because I had depression, anxiety, and that it didn't matter that I was struggling at the time. They were still going to be there on the other side. That really helped me get through it. I had one friend from hockey. I had a couple friends from hockey, but one really close friend from hockey who's still my best friend to today, who was obviously there through everything that happened in hockey, and she never left my side. Got it. So let us transition to hockey. Let's talk about, you know, the conversation with your coach. So in about the middle of November, I was in outpatient mm-hmm. still. I was still learning how to deal with my anxiety and depression. I had made the decision that I needed to tell my coach what was going on with me. So me and my mom went to go have a meeting with him. And that night I kind of told him everything that was going on, all my suicidal thoughts He asked some really personal questions like my plans, my suicidal plans and what else was going on with me. So I felt like I really trusted him and could trust him because I was sharing this personal information with him. Mm -hmm. And that night he was really supportive. He said, if you ever need someone um, by your side, just let me know. If you can't skate one day and you want to be a coach on the bench, you can do that. So I left that meeting feeling pretty good. And then the next day, I was in program. I was already having a really bad day. Um, And my mom gets a phone call from Coach Larry saying that I had been removed from the team because I was a danger to the team. Mm. And he had called AHI, so that governs Illinois hockey teams, and told them everything that I had told him that night, all that personal information, Mm -hmm. and saying that I was – danger to the team and that I should be removed. So what'd you do? Well, from there, he sent out an uh, an email to everyone else parent on the team besides my own. So it was an email about me that wasn't sent to my parents saying that we're going to welcome her when she got back on her feet, being the positive, happy, smiling kid we all know she is. And we do know that the last thing we want to see our kids upset and carrying the burden of a teammate's personal struggle. So obviously hearing that, it made it really hard because... Yeah, because knowing that people think you're a burden. Right. And in program, we learned that we're not a burden. And kind of that was the whole Mm -hmm. message of going to program was that I was here for a reason and that God had a plan for me. So to hear that my coach and now my teammates know all of this was, was a really icky feeling. So from there, I was removed from the team, and my mom was on the phone the whole next week trying to figure out why they would do this to me, who got all this information, and why this so quickly happened overnight. 
And then we had a meeting on December 10th with our lawyer, AHI's lawyer, a the president of AHI, Coach Larry and Coach Larry's lawyer, deciding what was gonna happen. So after mm -hmm. that meeting, they decided that I needed a parent present at all times when I was at the rink. I was allowed breaks when I needed. And we asked that training to be put in place to help coaches like this know that this was wrong and what to actually do to help kids yeah. struggling. Mm -hmm. So December 11th, I returned to the ice. It was really hard for me to return to the ice because I knew that my coach didn't support me and what was happening to me. Yeah. That a lot of my teammates knew what was happening with me. Kind of felt exposed. Yeah. Yes. We were refunded for the month of hockey that I was I missed. We were refunded that money. And mm -hmm. my dad told me that that was my money to keep. I could do whatever I wanted with it. Mm -hmm. So I always knew from the beginning that I wanted that to go somewhere good. So mm -hmm. me and my dad did some research. And we found from Robin Leonard on his helmet, it says hashtag same here. And this is a hockey yes. player. Yes. Right? A professional okay. hockey player. And uh, my dad looked into that and we ended up donating the money that we were refunded to Same Here. It's a global organization to help people struggling with mental health and educate others out there. Um, mm -hmm. So that night after we donated the money, my dad put a little side note in it just saying like what had happened to me. And mm -hmm. we got a call from Eric Kusin. He kind of funds um, Same Here. And from there, we were connected to Emily, who is a publisher for ESPN. She ended up writing my article. So it's a great article, by the way. Uh, do you want to just say, say the title yeah. of the article so people could read it? It's really it's great. It's called How Teenage Hockey Player Morgan Urso is Working to Destigmatize Mental Illness. Great article. Guys. It's on ESPN under the hockey link. Then I know there was some raising money for some yes. here. So on Giving Tuesday this year in 2020. What is Giving Tuesday? It's where you donate to people supporting other people. Okay. So my dad has a memorial foundation. It's called TCU Memorial Foundation for my grandpa that passed mm -hmm. away. And that's how we honor him. From that, TCU Memorial is collecting all the donations for Same Here regarding the mm -hmm. hashtag team Morgan and all that mm -hmm. money is going to the same here schools program to give a toolbox um, and mental health first aid for parents, teachers, admin, and students. So what does that mean? Like training for teachers, you know, how to better deal with kids with mental health, better mental health education yes. for kids? So how to deal with someone who's struggling um, as a teacher, if someone comes up to you and says that they are thinking about ending their life or that they've really seen another student struggling, how to deal with that and who to go to with that mm -hmm. information. And how much money? You we raised, you raised over $50,000. Um, wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Thank Good you. for you. You know, really taking your story and, and doing good Thank with you. it. I know that people probably ask this a lot and, and I apologize in advance. If you could, you know, in a polite way, say anything to your old hockey coach, what would you say? Um, I've been thinking about this <laughs> for a while. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I would just ask him how he is because my main goal is to just kill him with kindness and be the better mm. person out of all of this. I believe that he knows what he did was wrong. And from there, I'm hoping that he can become a better person and I can become a better person from what had happened.
yeah, always good to be the better person. If anyone out there needs some help or is struggling or knows of a family member struggling, my DMs are always open on Instagram. I'm morgan.urso. And just know that there's always information out there to help you and there's always people to support you. Morgan, thank you so much for coming on. You're really, really doing great things, raising awareness for mental health. This ends this podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.